Hi, I'm Maria Theharis Solvello Sews on social media. Welcome back to Sew Over 50 podcast on Sew Organized Style. Stay listening. Sew Organized Style podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the elders past, present and emerging. Thanks for joining us on Sew Over 50 podcast. Sew Over 50 intersects with all communities. Nikki Sinclair, or Nick Sinclair on Instagram, is a favourite Sew Over 50 sewist that inspires great fitting clothes making and fuels the sewing engine of her fellow sewist. Today, she's here with her biggest sewing fan, Clayton Sinclair. Hi, Maria. How are you? Hi, Maria. How are you? I'm really happy that you're both here today. How are you both today? And I'm so glad to have two from the same household here on the podcast today. We're fine and we're excited to be here. I'm excited to have him join me on the podcast today. Me too. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) So Clayton, you know that this is a podcast about people who sew. I do. I do. And I, I don't sew, but I am a big participant in a lot of the activities that the lovely Nicole Sinclair activates or, or gets going. And so I was a big push in getting her back into sewing because she's been sewing as she'll tell you long before we met. But when she started back up again, I was one of the big supporters and I've always been um, a big supporter. Yes. That's a great place to start from. Yes. How did you develop your online name? That's a really cool question because um, I actually just changed my online name last year. I was going through a bit of a transformation with COVID business transformation. My son was getting ready to leave for college and I decided to take a class to kind of help me process through the the transition. And as a little girl, my family called me Nikki, my family, my dad, my cousins, my aunts, everybody. Of course, he's the Sinclair part. So I wanted to get back to my inner child. And so I just took up the name Nikki again. And then I love being a mom and a wife. And so, of course, that's the Sinclair part. So (laughs) I just kind of combined the two as a symbol of where I am in my journey right now. So I just kind of came up with Nick Sinclair. Nice. (laughs) And the Sinclair part is sitting there with you. Yes, the Sinclair part's right here. Yeah, I was was, was just (laughs) listening to make sure that the Sinclair part was me. So, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, definitely. Is Instagram where we can mainly find you or do you have, do you have a blog? Yes, I have a website where I kind of blog about, I'm actually a stylist in my everyday job. So I blog about styling things for my clients, kind of on Instagram and then kind of on my website at Sinclair'sWardrobe.com. And I also hang out on Facebook a lot because that's where all of my high school, college friends hang out. (laughs) And um, they're trying to get me to join TikTok. So we're thinking about that one. (laughs) That would be good as a stylist to do. Yes, that's what everyone is saying. It's just taking me a little bit of time to to get there, I guess. Mm -hmm. Clayton was saying that you've restarted sewing. So when did you start sewing? I started sewing when I was 12. My mom passed away at that age. And My brother and I started to stay with my dad's sisters 
because he traveled a lot for work. And one of my aunts sewed. And so she taught me how to sew. And that's where it all began. So did you sew while you were at school or was this outside of school that you were sewing? It was outside of school at age 12. Right. We would spend the weekends over to her house and she would would cook and feed us and we would sew. We would sit at the machine and eat and sew. That's all I remember. But then I also decided that I wanted to go to design school. And so I spent a couple of years at Parsons School of Design. And designing is a totally different animal from sewing. So... I did mainly designing there. Um, And then I decided to pick it back up after I had more time because my son was leaving for school. When you were at Parsons, that must have been an amazing experience. It was. It was eye-opening. It really developed me as a person. It was a very soul-searching experience. And I made a lot of friends that I still have to this day. Does that mean that you you started your career as a stylist and now you're continuing on that or have you changed over the years? I've changed a little bit. I was styling and then (laughs) I think this happens to every person that sews, right? I was styling and one day I just decided to make a dress so that I wouldn't look bummy when I went to go and pick up my kid from school. (laughs) If we were late and I had to sign him in and get out of the car. So I made a dress to wear to carpool and all of my friends started asking me for this dress. And I started down that path of, okay, yeah, I'll make this dress for you. And then it just turned into this whole big thing where I was making dresses for everybody. Mm -hmm. And then it just got to be, you know, too much. And I realized like, I never really wanted to make dresses for everyone. Like, I just wanted to make a dress for me. (laughs) But then it turned into this whole thing. I never got my dress, Maria. I never, I never got my dress. Yeah. Once the pandemic hit, I had a chance to kind of, you know, reevaluate and ask myself, like, what do you really want to do? Where do you really want to be? Yeah. And um, surprisingly, at that same time, my styling clients started to take up more of my time because I guess we were locked down and then, you know, they could, yep. they had time to clean their closets and get themselves together. So then I went back to styling during the pandemic. And so did you find that styling during the pandemic was easier to do from a distance than what you were doing beforehand? Yes, much easier because beforehand I was traveling a lot. I was on the road. I was driving out of town to people's homes and going into stores and shopping. And so, yes, styling online is a lot better. Mm -hmm. Lots safer. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And you get more quality time at home too. Yes, I do. (laughs) Much better. Being out of town a lot was, I think, hard for all parties involved, my husband and my son. Yeah. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for a response. You've already explained that you made a dress because you needed a dress for carpooling and then ended up sewing dresses for everybody who asked Mm -hmm. so that kind of answers the question do you sew for yourself as well as your loved ones because you've basically sewn for everybody so far (laughs) yes I sew for everyone and he doesn't ask me to sew for him and I think (laughs) it's because Hmm. 
a long time ago, before I made the carpool dress, I started to sew again for myself because I was up to my elbows and being a stay-at-home mom and a wife. And sewing was just the one thing that I had for myself. I could carve out time for myself and, you know, spend a little time trying to ground myself. Yeah. Because <laughs> my son was about nine at that time and he was a handful. And he asked me if I would make a pair of shorts for him. <laughs> And I think I almost bit his head off because I thought this is the one thing I have for myself and he's trying to take it over. I now realize that he was not trying to take it over, but at the time, that's the way it seemed. So he hasn't asked me to make anything for him since. He only asks me to do alterations at this point. We still have the fabric though, Maria, that I asked (laughs) her to make the shorts out out of. I saw it the other day, so it might come back up. It might come back up. And it's taken how long for you to mention it again? Uh, a few years, a few years. Yeah. I haven't mentioned it in a few years, but now that um, she told the story, I might have to mention it again. Very brave man. I, I, I am. I, I try to be, I try to be. So when it comes to sewing, I know that you're a stylist and that's mm-hmm. what your, where your passion is. When it comes to sewing, what do you love to sew the most? I love to sew the same thing again and again and again. There's so much thinking that goes into creating a garment when you are going from 3D, the look in your head to 2D, patterning it out, designing it and making sure everything works together and the garment's going to look okay when you're done with it. That I just love when I finally get the pattern perfected. I just love making it again and again so that I can hear the hum of the sewing machine, feel the steam of the iron and just feel the hand of the fabric like that's my favorite thing about sewing which I know it should be the other thing but I understand because once you get the pattern to work then it's like oh and if I make it in this fabric what's it going to be like and then Mm -hmm. oh I get it Mm -hmm. exactly Mm -hmm. are there any sewing tools or notions that you love to use the most yes the vaporizing tailor's chalk the chalk that you use and then you iron it and it disappears. That is my favorite thing in the world. Oh, I think I'll need an image for that because I've not seen anything like that before. Do you get it from Waywick? I found it on Amazon, but there is a sewing store here called ATL Fabrics. Yep. And that's where I first picked it up. It looks like the regular Taylor's chalk, the actual chalk chalk, but it's like a wax. It feels kind of plasticky. Mm-hmm. And um, you know what? I'm working on a piece right now. So I can show you what it looks like when I Okay. It. So this is a cuff that I'm working on and I marked it. But when I iron it, this disappears. Oh. The mark disappears. So I don't have to like try to get rid of it with the pencil and the chalk and use that eraser that never really worked for me. Okay. Sorry, that's due to me. I'll have to look it up. Yes, Camel's Tailor's Chalk, and it's mm-hmm. on Amazon. Nikki, thank you for telling us about your favorite sewing tool. From the time you started sewing to how you sew now, what sort of changes have you gone through? So I started sewing at 12, and that was well, 50-something years ago. And I think clothes were more complicated then. You had more things that you had to sew. Or maybe it was just the way my aunt taught me. She made me line everything. Like, it felt like everything had a lining. Everything had a buttonhole. There were lots of buttons, zippers, and facings. 
that was just a lot. And it took me, you know, two, three days to sew a garment. I made a pair of capri pants. They were lined. It took me a whole weekend. A vest took me a whole weekend. And I think now clothes are a lot less complicated. So I don't have to do all of that stuff to sew, but I use better fabrics now. So I think that's kind of how I've evolved. And I like better fabrics at at this stage. I think at 12, I didn't really care. And I didn't know. I mean, my aunt bought all the fabrics. So (laughs) yeah. We spend a ton of time in fabric stores, Maria. Ton of time. He does go to the fabric store with me. You do. I do. Mm -hmm. I do. I love, I just, I love the way different fabrics feel. And she's always teaching me about different fabrics and ponty knits, whatever that means (laughs) and all kinds of stuff. And so my only question is always, should I get a suit made out of this fabric, honey? So, but she's like, yes or no, or whatever. So um, I love, I love the fabric store and hanging out with her. Okay. They know him by name. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, they do. And they ask about me when I'm not there, which is cool. Really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You have a fan club. I do. Mm-hmm. Where's your husband? She always she always comes home and, and says, oh, Mr. Lee at the fabric store asked where you were when you were coming back in. They, they even one time let me eat a cookie in the fabric store, which is a no-no. Right? Yeah, they gave him a cookie. They gave mm-hmm. me a cookie. So one of the nice young ladies there was having her lunch and had a um, an Asian cookie. And I said, that looks great. And she actually gave it and let me eat the cookie in the store, um, despite the big sign on the front of it that says no eating or drinking in the mm-hmm. store. So I felt felt really blessed. So. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from, Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> I never let my husband in the fabric store. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he'd be pulling at my sleeve going, when can we go? Are we going? Have you? It's like, I do I that too. That. I'm not yeah. proud of it, but I do that too sometimes. But, I, I, but I've gotten much better at um, just taking in the experience. Yes. And sometimes when we're out, I really don't want to bring him all the way back home and go all the way back to the fabric <laughs> store. So I'm like, no, you're doing this. <laughs> we're going to the fabric store. You're not going home. <laughs> when she knows what she wants, she makes me sit in the car a lot of times. Okay. It's a targeted purchase. Yes. And you've got the project in mind and that's it. You've just got to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very true. The exploratory trips where she doesn't know exactly what she wants, I get to go in. But if, if she knows what she wants, she's zeroed in. I, I have to sit in the car. It's fair. That's a fair deal. That's a fair it's deal. Fair. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Nikki, when did you discover the South Over 50 community? Last summer, as I was going through my transition, I decided that I wanted to do a dress a day project. I thought, okay, this would be a great thing for me to do to get back into sewing and into a rhythm of sewing. And I actually hadn't researched the sewing community that much, but I saw that everyone was using this sew over 50 hashtag. Not being a very astute person of Instagram, I didn't realize that it was a community at that time. So I was using the hashtag because I connected with it at that time because I was going through the whole oh, I've been a stay-at-home mom most of my life. I'm 50. What am I going to do? And then when I saw the hashtag, it kind of, I connected to it because I just thought, oh, this is all the badass stuff about being 50 that all of my friends are telling me about. It just made me feel that way. And then when I started to use the hashtag, I connected with Judith and Sandy and they were just amazing with helping me to onboard and understand the community and the hashtag and all of the Instagram, the technical Instagram posts help a ton. 
And then I just fell in love. Judith and Sandy do this for, you know, we've got over 39,000 followers Mm -hmm. and they help everybody and they connect with everybody. They do. And I don't understand how they keep up with so many people. I mean, it's like they are on it all of the time. Whatever is new, whatever new person is sewing, they're welcoming them into the community. They're just amazing. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I only do this podcast twice a week. I consider myself a team member, not a team leader. Okay. Well, you're doing a fantastic job too. It's great. Thanks. You're welcome. It cuts into my sewing time, but it's worth it. (laughs) It's all right. Isn't it amazing how we get so protective of our sewing time? It's like we start to think in sewing time. This is going to cut into my sewing time, but okay, I can plan it out. I get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Nikki, what advice would you give listeners who are starting to sew? Definitely do a beginner's pattern and preferably one with a video, but just sew the one pattern, commit to sewing it at least four times. Because I think you learn in the repetition, of course, everything you learn in the repetition of the task. But I think with sewing, because it is so hands-on and it is so much about who you are as a person, I think sewing that pattern again and again actually educates you about what you really like and dislike because you can try the garment on and if you don't like it, you can change the pattern and then sew it again. And I just wear my mistakes to run errands to the grocery store. <laughs> it's stuff like yep. that. Yep, exactly. It's good advice. Thank you. <laughs> it's very useful. Nikki and Clayton, thank you both for coming on to Sew Over 50's podcast. I'm actually going to make sure that I have a look for that Taylor's chalk that you gave the reference to. Okay. What have you got in store for 2022? Oh, for 2022, I decided that I would focus more on me and the things that I like. I think with sewing and doing Instagram, you know, people are really into color and things like that. And and sometimes I'm just not, uh, you know, a colorful person. So I decided in 2022 that I would sew in a way that is true to myself. So lots of pants, a little bit of color, lots of black. And lots of great styling. Thank you. No problem. Thank you again for coming on to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Maria. Lovely to meet you both. Good to meet you too. Good to meet you. And have a lovely day, listeners. This episode of Sew Over 50 podcast on Soul Organized Style was produced by me, Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Nikki and Clayton Sinclair, soundbybensound.com. Listeners, the link to Camel's Taylor Chalk on Amazon is on the podcast blog post. You can subscribe to Soul Organized Style Podcast, but with an S not a Z on all good podcast apps. Make sure you go back and listen to our Sew Over 50 podcast archive. Give us a five-star rating and review, and we hope that you'll support us on our Patreon account this year. Every podcast is free with the aim to keep you company and encourage you to sew more often. Post any questions or suggestions you have on our Instagram account at Soul Organized Style or on our website at www.soorganisedstyle.com or on our Facebook page. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone. <laughs>